This is the Retirement Detective Podcast, where we dive into cases with Philip Mock, chartered financial analyst and certified financial planner professional, to solve common retirement and financial planning questions. Get insight into how to solve quandaries that appear on the path to and through retirement, ideas on how to approach savings and investing for retirement, and how to plan for retirement in a tax-efficient manner. Now, here's your host and lead retirement detective, Philip Mock. Hi, everyone. It's Philip Mock with the Retirement Detective Podcast. Welcome to today's episode. In today's episode, we continue our series on alternative investments by today, talking about commodities. Commodities can be uh, an attractive alternative asset for retirement investors for a number of different reasons, and we'll talk about that today. We will discuss generally what a, what is a commodity, how do you invest in it, what are the different vehicles, and why would you want to do that, and why would you not? What are the pros and cons? That will be in today's episode. When you're investing in commodities, we're talking about things like grains, wheat, soybeans, corn, livestock, sheep, cattle, metals like gold and silver, crops like coffee, sugar, cotton, other metals that are less precious like aluminum, zinc, iron, copper, and energy which is probably the most well-known one like oil, gas, and other petroleum products. When we talk about investing in these, you can invest in them directly or indirectly, much like in our last episode on real estate. So like with real estate, you can actually go out and if you have the assets to do so, go buy an office building or go buy an apartment complex or go buy some other property. Or you can invest in it indirectly through a private fund or a public fund like a a publicly traded REIT. Commodities are no different. You can invest in them directly where you are actually buying a contract to purchase oil or wheat or something like that, or indirectly through a fund. And for this episode, we're pretty much exclusively going to talk about the indirect format because very few people other than institutions are out there buying commodities directly for purposes of investing. Now, there are lots of people that are not necessarily institutions that buy commodities directly for purposes maybe related to their business. For instance, a farmer would have an interest in purchasing commodities directly or selling them directly, but that's related to their business as a farmer. For a regular investor, anytime they are most likely to want to invest in commodities, we're talking about doing so through some sort of fund, an ETF or a mutual fund. But a lot of the general aspects of investing in commodities are the same either way, but the vehicles are very different. So today, when we're talking, we're mainly going to be assuming that you're doing this through some sort of fund purchase. So like I said, commodities are across all those different asset types, from energy to grains to livestock to precious metals, and they all have different characteristics and different subtypes. So even you know, just breaking apart oil, there's light oil, there's sweet oil, there's crude oil, 
and they all have their pros and cons from an investment perspective. When you're buying commodities, there's there's really one major reason why you would want to do that, and it's because commodities like these historically have been very low correlated to stocks and bonds. And that's like the other things we've talked about, the primary reason why you'd even want to consider investing in some of these asset classes that are, quote, alternatives. Um, now, when you're buying one of these, the, the, the number one benefit is low correlation and a high, generally high correlation, positive correlation to inflation. So if you're looking for something that is not correlated to stocks and bonds and is also likely to be pretty highly correlated with inflation, that would put commodities on that short list of things you would want to consider. The downsides are, in my opinion, that with commodities, you don't really have much growth potential beyond inflation. And in the short term, it can be pretty volatile, even though it may not be volatile at the same times as stocks and bonds. There are periods unique to each underlying commodity type that can can create very volatile periods. For instance, if you're invested in a commodity fund that has a really large, let's say, natural gas exposure, and the largest natural gas pipeline in the world explodes and therefore the throughput of natural gas gets cut by half, for instance, then the price of natural gas is going to fluctuate dramatically and your fund is going to fluctuate also. When you're looking at a commodity fund, inside that fund, it's buying contracts, commodity futures contracts. And that gives you that exposure to the commodity without having to actually own the commodity yourself. If you were to actually buy a purchase or sale contract for a commodity, let's say wheat, for instance, and you held it till the end of the contract, you might have giant truckloads of wheat showing up at your front door. And so what these funds do is they're buying and selling futures contracts while the contracts are active, but not at maturity. And a futures contract is basically a contract to say, I agree to buy a certain amount of a product at a certain price at a point in the future. And there are industry participants, farmers, grain mills, oil and natural gas producers, utilities that have a a real need to actually buy and sell the physical commodity at some point in the future. But for a market participant, the futures market is a much better way to participate because you don't have to worry about having these things actually arrive on your doorstep. As an investor, what you're looking for here is exposure to the commodities without having to buy the commodities themselves. And buying some sort of commodity fund is one way to do that. Now, there are, in my opinion, two types of commodity funds. There are commodity-specific funds and then general commodity funds. A commodity-specific fund is going to specialize in one type of commodity, so maybe just grains or just energy or even more 
minute, maybe just natural gas or just oil, a general commodity fund is going to have a basket of many different types of commodities inside of it. So some oil, some gas, some gold, some silver, some wheat, some cattle, some copper, some of everything. There are obviously pros and cons to each, but I think if someone is considering investing in commodities and never has before, a more diversified general fund might be a better place to start. Another thing to look for in a commodities fund is the use of leverage. So when you're using leverage, the fund is basically borrowing to purchase these contracts, which can amplify returns both up and down. And you should, as an investor, be aware of what that leverage might be. You can research that in the prospectus for the fund. Now, I don't think it's probably a good use of our time to really analyze how a commodity fund manager operates the fund. But in short, they're basically buying and selling these contracts all the time to maintain a certain exposure to commodities they want to be exposed to. What you'll find inside one of these funds is that they own a bunch of these contracts typically. And in some cases, they may own companies that specialize in these things. So I think in there, there are a few that, you know, in addition to, let's say, owning natural gas contracts might also own some natural gas companies, but I think that's less common. You're mainly buying a fund that buys these commodity contracts. Like I mentioned, the whole reason you would want to do this is to just add it as a diversifier to your portfolio. It's low correlation to stocks and bonds movements, typically a pretty high correlation to inflation. When you're buying in a fund format, another benefit of doing that is that funds are, are liquid. Mutual Open-ended mutual funds have next-day liquidity and uh, closed-end funds and ETFs, two-day liquidity. And so you can have access to commodities markets without having to be locked into an actual commodity contract. Also keep in mind, a lot of commodities are pretty seasonal, especially grains and um, some of the energy commodities. There's heavier natural gas usage in the winter, for instance, in the, in the months where we need heating. So commodities are unique in that there's a lot of seasonality there that you should consider when you're investing. Now, I would say that commodities in general are something that's probably for a little more advanced investor, like we talked about uh, last week, um, especially in a private format, real estate is definitely something that needs to be approached by a, an advanced investor and in consultation with your advisor and your CPA and maybe even your attorney. And I would definitely talk to your advisor and team about investing in commodities before you elect to do so. But if that's something that you decide is appropriate for you, there are a couple of ways to do it. There are, like I mentioned, there's, there's the direct format, which basically nobody does, and then the fund format. And when we're talking about the fund format, something else to keep in mind is, uh, are the fees. So like any other fund, there are management fees. And with commodities in particular, you wanna keep an eye on what those fees are because you are paying for the management, but depending on how that fund is run, whether they use leverage, uh, some of those other things can actually add to the expenses too. The fund may be having to pay interest if it's leveraged, or um, there may be other cash flows at play there. 
So keep an eye on what the expenses are. Remember that you can never control re what returns are. Nobody can predict the market, but you can control what you pay for it. So in evaluating whether or not a commodities fund belongs in your portfolio, one of the things that you should consider is how you, the commodity fund or funds that you're looking at, how those expenses are going to impact your portfolio. If everything else in your portfolio is extremely low cost, but now you're looking at a commodity fund that's very expensive, then you know that, that would be kind of a shift, a paradigm shift in your expense approach, and you just might want to think that through. In short, commodities are a really unique alternative asset class because, you know, like I said, it's not stocks, it's not bonds, you're buying things like oil and, and gas and precious metals and industrial metals, and they all have their unique uses. You know, for instance, uh, industrials metals are really closely tied to the business cycle because those industrial metals are used to construct new things, manufacture new things, which, which tends to pick up when the market cycle's picking up. That's very different from all the things that impact natural gas, which are, are mainly seasonality, uh, the global production, the global supply. It's a really unique asset class. Whether it belongs in your portfolio or not is certainly up to you, but again, one of the reasons you might want to consider it is because it is really low correlation to stocks and bonds and highly correlated to inflation. Some of the things that you should be on the lookout for are the fact that there's probably not a whole lot of price appreciation potential beyond inflation for the long term, and you need to keep an eye on what the fees are for whatever fund you're investing in. Of course, you should always read the prospectus for any fund that you're considering buying because it will have a full detail of all of the risks that you should consider. And since this is a unique asset class, I would encourage you to speak with your advisor about it before implementing it in your portfolio. In our next episode, we'll touch on another type of alternative investment. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time. This recording strictly is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of the Retirement Detective Podcast. The Retirement Detective Podcast is not affiliated with any guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. The Retirement Detective Podcast does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The Retirement Detective Podcast shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decisions. This podcast is not a solicitation to purchase or sell securities or a solicitation for advisory services. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services, and nothing in this podcast should be relied upon as rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services. Philip Mock is not a detective or law enforcement officer, and any reference to such is for entertainment purposes only.